Welcome to MSTAR students. We are glad you are joining for today's message. For more information about the ministry, visit our Instagram page and search MSTAR students. Now here's today's message. You know your Bible's getting old when the chapter you're supposed to preach from rips out of your Bible. Um, or both, maybe, I don't know. But <laughs> um, all right. First off, uh, I want to thank everyone who came last Saturday morning to help Rachel and I move because of your help. We got done in less than two hours, so we really appreciate that. Also, as well, I want to give a round of applause to Lydia, Rachel, Heidi, and Joanna for helping the girls scavenger hunt last Saturday afternoon. Great job. Uh, and also, as well, I want to welcome everyone who is new here this evening. There's a lot of new faces here, so if you're new, just raise your hand real quickly. We are glad, Tim, <laughs> we are glad that you are with us today. Um, since you're new, you may not know this, but uh, we teach, or we've been teaching since January, uh, the book of Mark. So we've been going chapter by chapter, verse by verse uh, in the book of Mark. And today we're actually going to be wrapping up chapter 8 and starting uh, chapter 9 by just looking at the first verse there. If you weren't with us last week, we talked about Peter's confession, about Jesus being the Messiah. And tonight we're going to take a look at the verses here of what Jesus being Messiah is all about. There are some misconceptions at times that people have about Jesus being Messiah. We're going to look at that a little bit more deeper tonight. Uh, but before we begin, I encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 8. And we're going to start at verse 31, Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 31. If you are following along on your cell phones using the Bible app, uh, we are reading from the ESV version. Okay? So Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 31. You guys ready? Yes? You ready? Yes. All right, let's see this. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and th after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning him aside, I'm sorry, but turning and seeing, but turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but of the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this evening, Lord. I thank you for everyone that is here today, Lord God. It is by your grace and your sovereignty that we are here, and we thank you for the freedom to gather in person to, to praise you and honor you through worship and through your word, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I ask for your strength today, Lord, as I cannot do this uh, out of my own flesh, but it is only through your help, Holy Spirit, that I can do this, Lord. 
And I pray that we have uh, hearts today that are open and ears that are willing to listen to your words today, Lord God. And may we go away not just saying it's a great message or hearing some good points, but to the point that we are convicted that we make some daily changes, some daily choices to follow you. God, I thank you, and I give you praise of what you're going to do here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as I talked about last week, last week we discussed how Peter confessed that Jesus was Messiah. This week we're going to look at three different things that Jesus is going to answer for us. The first one, first, let me rephrase, the three things we're going to discuss is, number one, why Jesus said the Messiah must suffer. Okay. The second thing we're going to look at is, why did Peter rebuke Jesus, and then Jesus rebuked Peter? And then the third thing is, why are we who proclaim to be Christ followers going to suffer? We just read here that Jesus made it pretty clear that uh, there, could, there will be suffering, that we need to deny and take up our own cross. So, why Jesus said the Messiah must suffer, why did Peter rebuke Jesus, and why, as disciples, are we going to suffer? So let's tackle the first one. Why Jesus said the Messiah must suffer. The death of Jesus is necessary for the atonement or the repayment of man's sin. It was prophesied by the prophets before him that he would die. Turn with, with me in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22. And if you are well versed in your Bibles, which I hope you all of you are, um, you are going to hear some things, and as we read, you're going to recognize some things that happened when Jesus was on the cross. Alright, so Psalm chapter 22, and we're actually going to read through the whole thing, so it's a little lengthy, so follow along, alright? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That, that, does that sound familiar at all? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouth, mouths at me. They, they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a raving and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a po post post bleh, poachered, and my tongue sticks to my jaw, and you lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoer, 
evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. You guys seeing what is being prophesied here? I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and from my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell you of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard what he cried to him. From you come my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him shall bow, who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to people yet unborn, that he has done it. That was a lot for me. Um, But did you guys see the imagery of what was the foreshadow of Jesus Christ going to the cross? When he talks about the dogs encompassing and people who were going to mock at him, there are people who even said, if you are Messiah, you saved others, save yourself. And they were mocking at him. And, And we even read what Jesus will say on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the reason Jesus needs to remind the people that he has to suffer is because there's this misconception of who Messiah is supposed to be. See, they read that they love the glory and the power of Messiah, that he's going to rule the nations, and they think, finally, finally, we have someone who is going to conquer Rome. They were thinking in an earthly mindset. They weren't thinking in a spiritual kingdom mindset. And they're like, finally, we have a man who's going to save us. What they missed was, this is the Son of God, who's not just going to come and save you here, who's not just going to rule this earth, but He rules all things. He rules all things. And I encourage you, I didn't put this in the small group, but leaders, if you want to read Isaiah 52.13 to Isaiah 53.12, that talks another portion of how Messiah would have to suffer. Again, that's Isaiah 52, starting at verse 13 to Isaiah 53:12. So the point that Jesus is making, Jesus is redirect, redirect, redirecting the crowd and the disciples and their thinking and who the Messiah is. Which Peter didn't really like. And I wouldn't, let me rephrase that. I think he was a little confused about it. Because we now see why, so why did Peter rebuke Jesus? Because by rebuking Jesus, no, you cannot die. This showed what Peter was actually thinking. Yes, he confessed that Jesus was Messiah, but him and the rest of the disciples still had a misconception of what that all meant. 
Are you with me so far? And so Peter is rebuking, no, you can't die. You're Messiah. You're not going to die. And how does Jesus respond? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. And before we go into that part of the re- uh, uh, Jesus' rebuke to Peter, Peter's rebuke to Jesus, if we're honest, is something we've all dealt with in our lives at some points. How many of you ever prayed for something and you're hoping God would see it your way and he actually did something different? Have you been there? Okay. I think if we're honest, we've all been there. Now, now here's the next question. How did you respond to that? Were you angry at God? Did you rebuke God? Did you say, and I've heard this, and, and I probably thought these same things. Not probably, I have thought these things. God, I wish you saw it my way. Man, I wish you saw it my way. I wish you bowed down to what I wanted. No, no, no. As Christ followers, God does not bow down to us. We bow down to Christ. God does not bow down to us. We bow down to Christ and His sovereignty. It's not us who's in control of God's sovereignty. It's God who's in control of the sovereignty of what's going on. God's ways are always higher than ours. And Jesus rebukes to Jesus rebuke. He's not calling him Satan. He's rebuking his thoughts and words that Satan is trying to use to tempt Jesus. Remember way back in the beginning. I know it's been a while since like January. <laughs> Remember way back when Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the garden in the garden in the wilderness? Yes, you guys remember that? This here again, we see that Satan is trying to like, hey, someone cares about you. Someone doesn't want to see you die. Maybe you should just take this earthly kingdom that I've been trying to tempt you with, and Jesus is saying, get behind me. This is not why I'm here. I am not bowing down to you, Satan. I am here to do the Father's will and not your will. So let's go to this third point. And I think if we're honest, you read this at the end when Jesus talks about denying ourselves and and taking up our cross we can be asking why? Why does it seem like we need to, to suffer? Why, why do we need to deny ourselves? Well, we, we have a constant battle between our fleshly desires and what the earth want, and the world's standards of what they want us to follow versus what God's word and his moral standings say. And we're always going to have that constant battle. And when we hear suffering... Yes, there are people, not in, America, not in America, but who have gone outside of America, who are Christians in China, who are Christians in Iran, who are Christians in, in communist countries, who are literally dying for their faith. Do you not understand how privileged we are to have the freedom to read our Bibles? Like, there are people literally dying in other countries to read a Bible. And if they're caught reading the Bible... They're probably killed on the spot. So we are blessed. No matter what craziness is going on in America, we are still blessed to have the freedom that we have to be in God's Word. But that doesn't mean we're still not going to suffer. 
That doesn't mean we're not going to have to deal with things. We're not going to have to fight the battle of, do I please God or do I please the world? And let's be honest. Some of you in this room right now are trying to do both. Some of you right now are claiming to be Christians and you're saying, yes, I'm for Christ but I really like what the world says too. And you're, you're, you're like, oh, I'll be a Christian like this, and then, well, I don't want to offend my friends, so I'll just try to be the cool kid. Let me, let me read you something with what John chapter 15 says. John chapter 15. Starting at verse, eight, verse 18, and in my heading, it's actually called the hatred of the world. And just to, to back up, if you start reading chapter 15, it's about Jesus being the true vine, which I encourage you to read. But starting at verse 18, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. Now I didn't write these on, but... Verses 26 and 27 are very crucial. I need you to pay attention here. While it sounds doom and gloom, oh man, the world's going to hate me. Oh, but, but when the Helper comes, which is the whole, who is the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about me, and also, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all of the, these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you remember that, that I told them to you. Okay, these aren't my words, obviously. These are Jesus' words. Jesus is not sugarcoating this, that being a follower for him is not going to be easy. And some of you are believing this lie in our culture today, in the expression of the American church, that if you just say, I believe in Jesus one time, you're good. And that, I, ah, your life will be perfect. Man, if life is perfect right now, um, it's not for me. I, I, can't, I don't know about anyone else. If this is perfection, uh, I'm a little concerned. Um, but what Jesus is saying is, listen, you need to make a choice. Ultimately, you need to make a choice. And some of you right now, you don't want to. 
You don't want to make a choice. You, you like tipping your toes in the, in the water of Christianity and coming here on a Wednesday and, and maybe on a Sunday, but, but you enjoy playing in the pool more of the world and the culture and what they have to say. You, you love being popular in school. You, you want to grab that attention from the crowd. Or maybe you just want to follow the crowd because you don't want to look like a fool being the only person to follow Christ. Can, can I tell you, whichever path you decide, which you're going to have to at some point, there, there's no middle ground of being, like, there's no middle ground of saying, I'm for Christ, but also going to act like the world. That, that just doesn't work. I've tried it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It does not work. And you need to d- decide which one am I going to choose. And I'm going to tell you right now, whichever one you choose is going to cost you either way. It's going to cost you either way. If you follow Christ, yes, it may cost you popularity. Yes, it may cost you the things that you watch. Yes, it may cost you the things that you're looking at that you probably shouldn't be looking at. It will cost you some friendships. It may even cost you um, key relationships in your life because they're going in one way that you don't want to go. Can I tell you that's okay? Because there's a group, there's a family right here who would welcome you as Christ followers, who want to lead you on the straight and narrow and not on the wide path of the world. And if you just go through that little bit of the world hating you right now, you know you get to be in heaven with Christ for the rest of eternity. I know science says that we'll be here on average for about 75, 80 years, but we're not even guaranteed that. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not even guaranteed the next hour. Not the next minute. God can say, Mike, drop dead right here. It's the reality of it. Um, But the joy of knowing that is that I can be with Christ. The joy of just going through this temporary pain is knowing that I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. I'm keeping my eyes on heaven. I'm keeping my eyes on Christ who is giving me the strength, who can give you the strength to overcome what is ever going on in your life right now. On the flip side, if you choose to follow the world, if you choose to follow the culture, there will be a cost. I saw people laughing. I'm like, what's going on on the screen? Anyway. (laughs) It's okay. If you follow the world, it's going to cost you. As Jesus says... It's going to cost you your soul. And not just here on earth, but for the rest of eternity. Here on earth, yes, you're going to continue trying to use something in the world to fill a uh, void in your heart that only Jesus Christ can fill. That only the blood of the cross that Jesus Christ can heal. And instead, you're going to try to maybe... I hope I don't see this happen to any of you in here. But there could, you may choose to use alcohol, or you may choose to use anger, you may choose to use pornography, whatever it may be, to try to fill that void of the world that is going on. And you're going to lose your soul for it. On top of that as well, I'm going to be honest with you, there, there is this place called hell. And by rejecting God... The 
cost is eternal damnation separated from Him. I don't want to see that. The leaders in here don't want to see that for you. The students who are graduating and leaving this week, they don't want to see that as well. It is our prayer, it is our hope that every single one of you in here one day will make a commitment, I am a follower for Jesus Christ no matter the cost. Whether it costs me my friends, what if it costs me my popularity, if it costs me the video games that I play, the shows that I watch, I'm all in for Christ. And so as we close, and we go for time of worship in small groups, here's the action step, just quickly, that you need to ask yourself is, who will you live for? Who are you going to live for today? Starting today, starting right now, not tomorrow, not five years. Listen, you're in the, you, you're in the season of your youth right now. I hope... That, to, that during this season of your time is the time you make that choice. That I am for Christ. Because I don't want to see any of you struggle as you go further along in life. I believe there are some of you who have more potential than you realize. Not because of your own strength, not because of anything that you've done, but because of the power of Jesus Christ and what He has done and created you in His own image. He's got a calling on your life. There is something He wants to do in your life. And it's my hope and prayer that you submit to Him And allow Him to use you in all seasons of your life on this earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for tonight, Lord. God, I thank You for humbling Yourself to the point of death. I thank You that You were willing to be obedient to the Father that You would die for us. And sometimes that's so hard to, to, to just come across in our mind that someone would die for us. God, I thank You that for Your love, Jesus, that You did that. Even if it's hard to understand at times. Thank you for what you've done. Father, I pray as well that we just don't have this misconception as you're talking about of just who you are, not just as a historical person or, or just as some guy with some nice sayings or, or moralistic views, but that you're the Son of God. That everything came into being for you. That you are the Alpha and the Omega. The one who was, who is, and is to come. That after your second coming, all nations, all powers, all people will bow down to you. 
confessing with their mouths, saying that you are Lord and Savior. God, I also know, and even in this room, there may be some who will be doing with joy and gladness, and there may be some who will be doing with gnashing of their teeth, Lord. God, it is our hope, it is our prayer, it is my desire that it's every student in here will make the decision to follow you. And when their knees bow to you and confess that you are Lord and Savior, that they are saying it with joy, that they are happy, that they are overwhelmed with joy and praise for what you have done for them, Lord God. God, I pray for any student in here tonight who is struggling or who is teeter-tottering back and forth between following you and following the world. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you just clear that that teeter-totter out of the way and that they boldly follow you whatever the cost, Lord. Give them the strength, not of their own, but through the power of the Holy Spirit who is the helper to to follow you no matter the cost. Whether it means people will say nasty things, whether friendships are no longer there, And even if you send some of these people to the mission field, whatever the cost, God, may they have a desire to earnestly serve you and be obedient to your word and being faithful to who you are. God, we give you the glory and honor of what you're going to do here tonight. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you're encouraged and equipped by this message. For more messages like these, download the Spotify app and search MSTAR Students Ministry. Have a great week, and we hope you join us again.